0: No, so, what is the economy like right now?
1: I love it. I love,
0: <laughs>
2: sh- dude. The teleprompter reading. Guest you are the
1: female Ron Burgundy, Nicole. It
0: is perfect. I love it. Like we got to double down on this. It's, it's just- so good.
1: <laughs> hey, metalworking nation, Jason Zenger here. Do you know I operate on Netsuite, the ERP, when you need one source of truth for all of your data. Your CRM, your accounting, your operations, everything. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 36,000, 25, and 1. 36,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. Twenty-five. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind, so you get customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage your risk, get reliable forecasts and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com/slash chips. That's netsuite.com/slash chips to get your own KPI checklist. Netsuite.com/slash chips. Do it now. Why do we have to have drinks every time we record making chips?
2: People aren't buying machine tools, and it's the only way to drown out the sorrow.
3: Welcome to Making Chips. As manufacturing leaders, we go through seasons, seasons of struggle, and seasons of celebration. But if you are connected to a community of leaders, you will be equipped to make the most of the peaks and you'll be inspired to move quickly through the valleys. What you will hear is not just our opinion, it is the battle tested testimonial and advice of a manufacturing leader just like you. So listen up and take notes. Welcome to Making Chips Seasons.
0: Welcome to Making Chips. Today, we are going to talk about the economy.
2: Why'd you say it like that?
0: There was a question mark.
2: She only reads from the teleprompter. <laughs>
4: Jeez,
0: you,
2: you put a question mark in there?
1: You I know really? she <laughs> only reads from the teleprompter? We just really it. screwed this one up.
0: Come
2: on. <laughs> All right, so yeah. Welcome to making chips,
1: everyone. I mean, Rhonda Burgundy. I know (laughs) we (laughs) really whatever. Rhonda Burgundy here as a guest host. Yeah, welcome to making chips. My name's Jason Zenger.
2: I'm Nick Colner, and we have the other Nick Nicole. 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 Walter
1: in the studio with us today. So yeah, we're very excited again to have you, Nicole. Yay. So what are we talking about?
0: The economy! Okay, so it's not a question. Now now it's an exclamation
1: (laughs) point. Obviously, now it's an exclamation point. So why do you you want to talk about the economy?
0: Well, we're all going through some critical things.
1: Stop reading from the teleprompter, Nicole. Damn it!
2: (laughs) No, it's weird. (laughs) It's like weird as hell right now with the economy. It is. Let's be honest. It's up, it's down, it's confusing, so... We should talk about it.
1: Before we get to that, Dylan Nicole, and this is kind of related to the economy. So politics and the economy, they're intertwined with each other. The goal of a politician is to A, get elected and then B control the economy.
2: Sometimes they just stop at A. Yes.
1: Sometimes they just stop at A.
0: (laughs) What do you mean sometimes? All the time. They just sell themselves and I'm here I am.
1: Yeah, their main goal is to get elected because that's their job. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But they also want to control the economy, right? I mean doesn't that seem like they want to control where money is being moved around. That's part of it. Now, you spent some time representing manufacturing at the White House. Can you tell us briefly about that?
0: It was awesome. Okay. And I really enjoyed it because I got to see a lot of different things. And when I say different things, a lot of moving parts behind the scenes. Oh, that yeah. You would never know outside of actually being there.
1: Okay. So first of all, take a step back. Yeah. What was your role and how is it that you were asked to be in that position? So, or who asked you?
0: Yeah. Who knows? Did
1: Trump call you up and just be like, hey, Nicole, I can't do a good Trump person. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Come on in. Yeah. We're going to do it. that's huge probably what promotion. did happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was a huge promotion. No, it was interesting because I started getting into politics early on without even knowing I was getting into politics. Okay. So I think that that's super interesting. I had a bus tour that just showed up because they were talking about the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Okay. And they liked my story. They liked what I had to say. They liked how I was actually using that policy. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I know, I'm getting a phone call to kind of headline the America's First policy. Which is what? America's First.
1: What was the actual policy that they were trying to push through?
0: It's like a roadshow and they talk about America First. And oh, okay. whether that's just about the economy, whether that's about manufacturing, whether it's about internal affairs. It's more of a, like a
2: promotional campaign than like yeah. a law they're trying to pass or Exactly. Okay. So
0: it was just, they kind of did like these town halls. I was there. I had no idea what I was doing. And I walked on stage and there was 30 cameras in my face. And it was like the first time my mouth went dry. Wow. Because <laughs> okay. normally those things don't really freak me out, but that yeah. did. Yeah, I bet And there it. was 500 people in the audience and that was really crazy. So I got on stage, did my spiel. Had to do a panel. So you didn't
1: freeze, you actually...
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty good at just kind of like getting over it and being like, here we are. Here we are. I did a panel and Adam Kingsinger at that time was part of the panel discussion. Who's that? He was a congressman for Illinois. Okay. And now he works for CNN. So he switched parties essentially.
1: Okay. So that was kind of like your time in the spotlight for everybody... Trump was watching. He's like, I need that Nicole Walter girl. No,
0: he wasn't. Again, a bad Trump
1: impersonation. <laughs> you just looked like Uncle Sam. I know. <laughs> he's pointing, we, we want need you. you.
0: No, Pence was actually watching because I did the opening okay. act for him. So okay. after that, all of a sudden I was getting all these phone calls and boom, there I am. Okay. I'm looking
2: at a picture of you and former Vice President Mike Pence right now. Yeah, on your so wall.
0: I actually met him 15 times and at one point we became buddies. So every time nice. he saw me, he would pull me out of a crowd and I would get to like spend time with him. And oh, I actually cool. went to his Christmas party nice. at his house in D.C. So that was like what? super cool. Yeah. Damn, okay. Really so cool. when
1: you got invited to the White House, you got a call from who to do what?
0: Pence's people. You
1: got a call from Pence's yeah. people to... What was your official title?
0: So it was part of their manufacturing series. And what they wanted to do was start getting local leaders to talk about how the USMCA policy would impact them or not. And so Mm, when you see that... I remember that. that. We talked about
1: that in Making Chips. Yeah.
0: yeah. So when you see that photo that's on my wall, to my left is Vice President Pence, and to his left is Mary Barra from GM. Okay. When I say I was like literally the smallest peon, I thought I had no business being there because you had ExxonMobil there. You had the CEO of Coca-Cola, Lando Lakes, just big time people. And I'm like, these people are billions of dollars. And here I am just like a little million dollar company just yeah, hanging I'm out. Just
1: making some gears here.
0: Yeah. But what they really liked and what they wanted was an actual representative of small manufacturing. Yeah. Because there's more of us than there are the big dots. Oh yeah. And so they wanted to hear what I had to say and the things that would happen to the community if they did XYZ. And so it was just kind of like sharing and showcasing that we do things the way that we do and We always give back to the community. We're always trying to hire within. We're always trying to promote. We're always trying to get new technology and spend the money internally so that we can keep growing and adding. Of course, just like everything else, we keep saying that we have to be able to compete globally. And it's becoming tougher and tougher when you have the Chinas of the world, the Mexicos of the world, the Indias of the world. And so it was really cool because they kept inviting me back to talk about this stuff. And then I'd go to Capitol Hill and talk in front of other leaders and other committees to let them know that this really is a big problem.
2: So you mentioned Mexico and you also brought up like the USMCA. Yeah. So did they get your perspective on that? Which is like the new NAFTA basically for... Yeah, they
0: did. And it was really cool because we all sat around and we all talked about it and... What was really cool was that when Pence was done, he's like, all right, I gotta call Pelosi and we've got to discuss this. And so I felt heard because there was a lot of note taking and everything that everyone said was heard. And so I think the final draft is why I went to the signing of it was because of us. And so I feel really proud that I was a part of that draft. Yeah, you influenced that. That's that's great. I
1: mean, you're a great representation of manufacturing and especially us in the chip making
2: industry. So thank you. Yeah, of course. The metal chip making industry.
1: Right. But you have (laughs) not been invited back under this administration. No. Not yet. So maybe again in the future.
2: Yeah, for
0: sure. I mean, I've done some other stuff with local Democrats, like local congressmen Uh, around here, which was great. But I think they're not actively looking to promote manufacturing, at least not right now. They're looking right. at other things to do. And so I hope in the future, whoever it is would start to kind of re
1: back on manufacturing. manufacturing. yeah, because we
0: are the backbone of this country. Yep. And with this reshoring, we really need to be a bigger part of it.
1: Yeah, that's where wealth is built in this country.
2: Yeah. One thing I really like about that is they were trying to learn from you, yeah. from the big companies. And we do a little segment here called Lessons for Manufacturing Leaders. And so I want to get into that and talk a little bit about AI, which is something that you and Jason were talking about before we started recording today.
3: In this community of manufacturing leaders, there's always somebody doing something amazing. But most of the time, it goes unseen. Making Chips wants to change that one leadership story at a time. It's time to give credit to the best in the business. It's time to learn from our peers so we can all rise together. It's time for Making Chips to shine the manufacturing leadership spotlight.
2: I have the perfect person for the segment. Great. Call him up. Hey, Cameron, are you there? Hey guys, yeah,
1: this is Cameron. Hey, what's up, Cameron? It's Jason Zanger from Making Chips, and we also have the famous Nicole Walter in the house. And the
2: not-so-famous but really nice guy, Nick Goldner. He's not that nice, that's okay. Are you on something? I I think I'm a nice guy. Anyway, we were talking a little bit about AI and how it applies to manufacturing, and I was like, I know somebody who knows a little bit about that, because you have a really cool application for artificial intelligence in manufacturing, so walk us through that. If someone were to ask you... How does AI help manufacturers? What would you say?
4: So the way that AI is going to help what we're doing and help in the end help the manufacturer is basically remove most of, if not all, operator input into our systems, right? So that's kind of one of the adoption pain points of Industry 4.0 is it's still fairly reliant on input from operators and management, whoever it may be, to get useful data out of these various types of i4.0 systems. So Um, so yeah,
2: Industry 4.0 for the layman, like basically what is that in a nutshell?
4: So Industry 4.0 is the fourth industrial revolution and without going through the previous revolutions. The Industry 4.0 is basically robotics, big data monitoring, basically the internet of it's things. It's like
2: the right? merger of all those together, too, Yeah, like right? where they're communicating with each other, essentially, right?
4: Exactly, yeah. Instead of having all these different siloed systems, it's kind of the internet of things connecting all of these different systems.
2: Okay, so I'm making chips. That's my job. I run machines, and I'm trying to get more quality parts per day. How can an AI product support that?
4: So an AI-driven product, like a machine monitoring system, as opposed to relying on operators to input downtime reasons heart counts, whatever that may be, using AI and machine vision to automatically capture these, what previously were operator inputs to the system, right? Obviously, we can automatically capture cycle times and downtime and things of that nature. But AI is going to reduce operator error, reduce any burden on the operator to have to interface with another system, if that makes sense.
2: Okay, so it tells you the why behind your machine tools, but does it do anything to advance them, make them more productive?
4: Yeah, exactly. So the top tier of our product provides adaptive feed rate control over a machine tool. And these types of systems aren't necessarily new. But historically, they've required on, again, the operator, the programmer to input codes that basically tell a third-party system what program is running, what tool is running, speeds and feeds, X, Y, and Z. So we're applying AI to that product to basically eliminate any human intervention with the system. It's basically a magic black box that plugs into your machine.
1: So Cameron, I've got a question for you. So just kind of speaking generally of AI, and I think we should at some point bring you back on the show, maybe to elaborate on your thoughts on this, because I think it's really important to the manufacturing leaders out there. But kind of like a closing thought, I had a client of mine who's, he's kind of like experimenting with stuff. And he was like, okay, well, what if I verbalized this part into chat GPT Could it give me a G-code or whatever to program that part? What's your thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, absolutely. That's actually something I was going to say is effectively what we're doing and what probably many others are working on as well is making chat GPT for machining. Here's my material speeds and whatever, right? Spit out answers to that. We have a different product that is more of a automated AI-driven maintenance, right? So it's a maintenance expert, basically, at your fingertips to help your maintenance department get to problems faster, or solutions to problems faster.
1: But do you think that AI is going to be a reliable to do that? Because I know with this individual, he was like, the program looked good. We didn't use it because you didn't know if you could trust it. Yeah, like he didn't know if he could trust it, and so they did things the regular way they would. But he was like, it looked pretty legit.
4: I think that there's a lot of checks and balances that you can put in place using technology that already exists, right? There's other softwares out there that you can run your G code through for collision avoidance, you know, so sure. and so forth. So I think there's a way to marry what already exists and is already proven with the new world of AI, if that makes
1: yeah. sense. Nicole, do you have any questions or thoughts? I, I mean just to put find you this spot. to be
4: super crazy.
1: Yeah, isn't like I'm. It?
0: Mixed- Excited for it to like hit... And at the same time, I'm like nervous because as a small manufacturer with only so many employees, I always wonder like how this is going to impact.
1: Yeah, but I'm ready I mean, for unlike it. Nick and I, you actually do program machines. Yeah, you actually know how to do that. So I mean, you not program
2: machines. I don't either. Yeah, I've got people. I on just my, have Chat GPT. Dude. I know. <laughs> how,
1: I've got people on my staff that know how to program, but I don't know how to do it. So Cameron, that was super helpful. Would you come on Making Chips again, and we can talk more about AI? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right, cool, man. We may even
4: rope in our lead AI engineer. He would have more insight. Into this All right,
1: Nick and I'll I, will mean, put our heads put together. and We will talk
4: about AI. AI episodes, but
2: we've yeah. never had an AI engineer who actually builds this stuff. Yeah, I think that would be super cool. I think cool. we
1: could put a whole series of episodes together to talk about AI in manufacturing. I think it would be very
2: impactful. So. Yeah,
4: that'd be great. We're definitely interested.
1: Awesome, Cameron. Thank you. Hey, thanks for jumping on, dude. We'll see you.
2: All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Cool. Yeah. There's probably a better way to like audio that in than the ghetto, put it by the speakerphone. That was but super ghetto. It's always work. We're ghetto here at Menu Chips. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all good. The authenticity, man. Oh,
0: man. So. What is the economy like right now?
2: I love it. I love, <laughs>
0: sh- dude, the
2: teleprompter reading. Guest you are the
1: female Ron Burgundy, Nicole. It is
2: perfect.
0: <laughs> I love it. Like,
1: we got to double down on this. Where it's it's just, so
0: good. It's like, well, you know what? If you would have had this prepared ahead of time where I could see it, this wouldn't be an issue. You know what? But you funny? literally come to my company and sit down and start <laughs> writing this.
1: So I don't want to hear it. I'm the worst <laughs> podcast director in the history of podcasting. I trusted are. you, Jason. I said, hey,
2: can you handle this one? I trusted you. And How have I made it 400
1: episodes of making chips? I, I have no
2: idea. <laughs> the <laughs> grace of God, Jason. That's it. But no, it's like, there's got to be a better way. You know, like there's infomercials. But Whatever.
0: Do not hate on how I read things.
2: <laughs> so
1: Nick, I think that Nicole was asking you, what's the economy like right now? Like, what are you seeing? All are right. You, so, so you're on the OEM side.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you, like my perspective is based on how machine tools sell. My That's products important. are peripherals to machine tools. So chip conveyors, things that get sold with a machine tool are elements of a machine tool.
1: Yeah, you're on more on the capital side than I am, which I'm on the cutting tool consumable side.
2: And anyone who heard the beginning of the episode knows that we're drinking right now. So it's not great.
0: I mean, I'm trying. <laughs> this is brutal. I am not. You don't a, what like is this? Bourbon. A bourbon? No. Oh,
2: come so on. Nick,
1: can you tell us, like, okay, what do you mean by not great? Do you got some numbers to back yeah, that up? Well, and you don't have to name names. I'm not going to name but I, drop. Yeah. But
2: there's a really famous machine tool builder who sells a lot of units, mm-hmm. and they were selling numbers that were twice as much per month than what they're selling. Okay, right now. so their
1: sales are cut in half.
2: Yeah. Now it's like a little bit higher than it was, but yeah, there was months that were double what the same month last year was for just one builder, for example. And I think everybody's kind of seeing that the capital equipment, the machine tool sales are slowing. Okay. So now you got to get creative.
0: So I can piggyback on that because I'm getting calls from a lot of different machine tool builders Okay, in different sectors, right? Whether it's gearing, it's hobbing, it's, Lathe cutting, whatever it is, but it's super interesting because from what I'm hearing, they're like, "Oh, we've got all these machines on the floor, and there's a deal here." I would get one free. Yeah, and I'm like, "Great, find me in another six months." Like, I don't want to yeah. do anything, but it's just so crazy that before you couldn't get machines and they were selling them um, insane prices, and now everything is like on the floor, ready to go, and, and before they're trying to deal. Decades
2: ago, before is like. I don't know, 18 months ago? Yeah, like not even. And the
1: salespeople probably weren't calling you. You were calling them to get yes. a machine tool. Yep. Now they're calling you with their BOGO offers. Yeah,
2: she was calling them and they were calling someone who supplies to them or shipping yard where they were all like stuck at the port because things were just absolutely crazy during COVID time. Like the challenge has totally shifted. Totally. It's crazy. I was at on my way to West Tech. I think it was even last year. Yeah, it was last year. And we're like on the coast there. It's in California. And... I oh you were there cool yeah i'm talking to somebody and we look out into the ocean he goes there's all my machines i can't sell them they're all over there yeah because it was in long beach wasn't it (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. i drove by i was like wow that's crazy it's kind of
2: funny he's like i hope i don't sell anything here because they're all stuck out there he was kind of being sarcastic hey jason what's the first thing you think of when i say the word setups You're not making chips and you're not making money. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the biggest battles that can hold you back as a manufacturer.
1: Absolutely. So enter the lean setup guide from ProShop. Okay, what's that? This guide can help anyone, whether you're a ProShop user or not, but ProShop users have experienced a 50% reduction in setup time because the software builds these lean principles into their process.
2: Yeah. So it's a totally free download. You can go to ProShopERP.com slash 50 and you can get your copy of the lean setup guide.
1: Bam. So manufacturers aren't making the investments in capital equipment. That doesn't mean that like sales have stalled because you could still make those parts on the existing machines that you have. So your sales are probably not cut in half like the machine tool side of things. But we're definitely seeing some impacts in the economy.
0: Yeah. And those that say that they're super, super busy, I call bluff on that because...
1: Okay. You used a different word before. I
0: know, but I feel like I can't I swear on this.
1: We could beep you. So you could say it. And then <laughs> we'll just beep you out. S. Yeah. It's bull-
0: so, I service a lot of different industries. So, I have food processing, beverage, packaging, medical, aerospace, defense automotive a little bit.
1: I'm very much like you where I'm serving all of those different yeah. industries, oil and gas.
0: And I see a massive pullback on the food processing beverage side.
1: Really? Why is that?
0: They just did so much overbuying okay. last year and the year before that they were just stocking things like crazy. I okay. have the
2: exact same problem. And it's not for that market. Yeah. But one of our biggest customers bought so much inventory because everyone thought they couldn't get it. Yep. So now they have like so much of our stuff and they only sell a chip conveyor every time they sell a machine. Okay. So now it's like sales last year were great. And this year they're like, yeah, dude, we're sitting on a okay, So inventory. that's food, that's food and food. beverage. Food, what?
0: beverage packaging. Okay. And then of course. So like
1: the consumer goods arena.
0: Yeah. And I do think that because the pricing has been so astronomical at the grocery stores, I think people are kind of pulling back on the things that they're buying, the types of things they're buying. They're being more economical on their side of things. Right. So there's that portion. But what's really crazy is I see a ton of movement in the aerospace and defense. Okay. The quoting activity is through the roof. Okay. I'm so aerospace so much. and yeah. defense
1: is through the roof. That yeah. kind of makes sense with what's happening in the global political environment yep. with like wars and rumors of wars.
0: Yep.
2: <laughs> rumors. <laughs> rumors. Yeah, Allegedly. Like yeah.
0: <laughs> So, but there's just a lot of quoting activity. I haven't seen a lot of POs. I haven't seen anything of substance that comes through where I'm like, "Yes, we're rocking and rolling."
1: Yeah, you're seeing a lot of quoting activity
2: like not a lot of buying activities. Right yep. up to the like close stage and then it's like, "What? Come on." And
0: then you can't get a hold of them. Right? How do you so knock I, it
2: over the edge? Yeah. yeah,
0: and then you can't get a hold of them and you're like, "Hey, where are we? What happened?" Like pricing okay, not good. You don't hear from them.
1: People are having a hard time during rough economic times to commit. And that kind of makes especially sense, especially uncertain times too. uncertain you know? like if times, it's yeah. going
2: to be cons- Consistently rough. At least you know that and you can make a commitment based on that. But yeah. if it might be good or might be bad or you don't know, then it's like, I'm going to hold up. So.
1: Okay. And then what were the other segments that you had mentioned?
0: So, medical is whatever. It's nothing. Medical
1: is consistent. It is. Right? And it's great. People are going to die. People are going to break bones. Always. Our people population are need is aging. Replace. Yeah. I mean, there's a but lot you of know, dental. The plumbers, and...
2: Like uh, the whole population is aging, which drives it more than our replacement population. Like people aren't having as many kids. So, now is a good time to be in medical. Yep. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then automotive, EV. So that's always super interesting too, where you start to see a lot of that kind of pop through.
1: Absolutely. So one of my concerns always was on the EV front was there's a lot less parts that are in an EV car versus a... Combustion engine. Combustion engine car. Thank you, Nick. But the other side of things, and like we've got... We're a tier one to automotive and so like that's a concern for me. But on the other side of things... Now we're seeing that Toyota is saying, "Well, don't put all your bags in the EV yeah. market." Because we've got these hydrogen cars for you. Yeah. So, and those have very similar engines to a combustion, gas combustion yeah, engine. Yeah, I got to do
2: a little unofficial ad for our friends and partners at AMT because I went to the MT forecast. Okay. And we'll probably be there again. Sounds yes. like it. but
0: Wait, I want to go? Why, why am I not getting this invitation? I'm sure you're inviting
2: all it. your besties. In they industry. are my besties. Let's call them up after this. <laughs> but it's funny because every time it was about EV, EV, and you're like, yeah, it's kind of a pipe dream, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, everything's EV. All the cars are moving that way. It's not just Tesla. And then the last year when I went to this event, it was all about hydrogen. And still, like, you don't really see that. Right now, well, they don't have the infrastructure to refill hydrogen, right? But I guess what I'm saying is the forecast event is ahead of the game on purpose, so you kind of know what's coming. That's right. why it's a Hence forecast. So I'm excited yeah. to go in October and see what has transpired from one year to this year, where they're kind of starting to talk yeah. about hey, hey, it's probably time to talk about hydrogen more than EV, and now we'll see like what one year does, yeah. So. Yeah,
3: absolutely,
0: yeah. Okay,
1: what was the next segment?
0: I think that's it, right? That was it, okay. Food processing, beverage, packaging, airspace, do you get defense. into oil and gas? No, oil and gas is- that's too big for us, like that's stuff a lot. A lot Huge of times, gears he's like, yeah, stuff. big yeah. gears, big
1: ears. Okay, Everything. that's not your thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could tell you on the oil and gas front, I mean, they're still hot and heavy, busy right now, but they're also saying that maybe next year is going to be it's
2: always feast and famine with them.
1: Yeah, it's always feast and famine with them. Okay, so I mean, from my perspective on the side of tooling and consumables, we're definitely seeing a downturn. Not to the extent that like the OEMs are, but we're definitely seeing a reduction in the consumption of cutting tools, which tells me that there's less quantities being put out.
2: So that makes sense. We're seeing those things. But you being pretty diversified, like both of you, actually. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In general, the general flow, if you mix it all together, maybe one industry's up, but it's down, you would say? It's slower than it was. Last the activity
1: year. is slower for sure. Yeah, for sure.
2: I think that's one important thing to talk about with the economy. We're not economists. Okay. So we're here to equip and inspire manufacturing we I actually, am. I'll be anything. You know. uh, yeah. You're an economist. Oh, Lord. You're an economist, <laughs> model, weightlifter, comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important to be diversified because, like, I just was in Seattle. Those of you who listen to me and Paul record, I was in Seattle and I mentioned that. I think we visited like seven shops in my few days that I was there and most of them were doing like mostly Boeing work, mostly aerospace work. And... They're all like super busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome because yep. commercial aerospace has been really bad for a few years now. Right. Historically, that's been like my biggest segment that provide work holding to. So it's good to hear that it's coming back and that these shops are like really ramping up. Mm-hmm. But then we fast forward a week and we sit here and we start talking about, yeah, it still feels like the economy's down. So if you're only in one thing, it's risky. Always. Yeah. It yeah, always is.
1: You're going to go up. You're going to go have the high highs and low lows when you're in that kind of a situation. And that's like, when you
2: talk to oil and gas people, they're just like battle hardened by it. Yeah, You know, like they don't get too excited in the highs.
1: The good manufacturing leaders that are in oil and gas, like our friend Mike Payne, I mean, they know how to ride those waves. Right. You know, and they know how to prepare for it and they know what to do when they come out of it
2: too. Yeah, so, and then around here we have like, People who freak out.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so
0: I freak out. I don't like it. I'm someone that needs like that to know what's happening at all times. I don't like this forecasting. Like well, I'm not a big risk. When you're
1: taker. a control person and you're like, okay, I just wanna move at three to five percent every year and then that gets thrown into a tailspin, that's hard because you want to have that kind of control, but you can't. So the question is why are we in this economic position that we're in right now?
2: I feel like that's the question I should ask you as the economist on the team. <laughs> You know, I mean, you usually, uh, no, honestly, though, like, gosh, I hate complimenting you, but you usually do have a reason for the why. If it's right or not right, I don't know. I don't know enough to know, but you'll give one and you'll sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear this theory. I can
1: fake my theory. No, yeah, I'm just yeah. kidding. No, I would say right now, the reason that we're in the position that we're in is that going back to the government trying to take control of things and pushing us in different directions, I think that sometimes they have overreach and they try to control too much. And interest rates, the wars that we see ourselves in, just all of the money that was injected into the economy, those chickens have to come to roost eventually. Yeah, exactly. And there was a lot of overbuying that was done, like you said, and it's going to stall us out. Now, the question is, how long is that going to stall us out? In my opinion, I think that it's going to stall us out till next year. I think first or second quarter of next year we're going to be good. Now, that's the general economy. Then you got to look at it as like, okay, well what about me? You know what I mean? It's everybody always like wants to think about the economy and blame the economy and say, okay, well I can't do anything because of the economy. Like forget about it. You know what I mean? Like you need to can take control of your own situation and like a small manufacturer like yourself, Nicole, all it takes is a couple new customers and you're
0: rocking and rolling. You're
1: rocking and rolling. Yeah. You're, you're exceeding Especially expectations. Especially if they're
2: in an industry that is diversified, right? Exactly.
1: So you need to think of yourself as a manufacturing leader and say, how can I take control of this situation? How can I go out there and get new customers when my competitors is saying, oh, what was me? The economy is bad. Forget about it. You know what I mean? You need to take control of things yourself. I mean, this kind of goes back to I've told the story on uh, making chips before. I think, you know, it was one of our recessions. Before and I was driving to my dad and I were having lunch together and we we're going to like the local Mexican place and we we're like gosh the floor just dropped out from under us like our sales just got knocked in half. At the time, I was very new to the business. It was probably like, what was one of the recessions? Maybe like 2008 or no, it was before that. Oh,
0: 2008. That was like catastrophic. (laughs) That was the housing market. That was massive. Yeah, it was 2008. It impaled everybody, though.
1: Yeah, it impaled everybody. But my dad and I were going to lunch, and I wasn't like a sales driven person. You know what I mean? Now I love sales, but like at the time, I wasn't a sales driven person. I said to my dad, I was like, I need to do something. You know what I mean? I need to take control of the situation, and I need to at least make my best effort to get out there, get new customers, bring business to the company. And that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do as a leader. You need to take control, especially as a small manufacturing leader. I mean, how many customers would it take to put you back on the mark, Nicole? I mean, even if things were bad, a couple new ones, right? Yeah,
0: just a couple new ones. It kind of just depends, right? Volumes. So the problem with us is that we are a high mix, low volume. Mm -hmm. So even if it's just a couple of customers, they only give me like 50 parts, it does nothing to like help much. So you just have to keep at it, And when we talk about this happens a lot with the recession and there's always going to be new leaders and new things are going to happen. And yes, we do have to like hunker down and keep doing what we do every day, which is sales and producing parts, yep. it just—I think sometimes we just all get stuck talking about it because everyone is talking about it, and so everyone's going to have the same opinion. Oh, there's a soft landing coming. We're going into an election year, an election cycle, so we're going to be down again because no one's going to want to buy and no one's want to invest and no one's going to want to do blah blah blah. Right. And th- so I think everyone kind of scares everybody. Into doing the next big thing, yeah. Soft yeah. landing.
2: You've been saying that word. Yeah. You were telling me about like some NAM stuff. So, what do you mean by soft landing?
0: I don't know because when I went to an NAM board meeting in spring of this year, we're looking at the charts, and Chad, who's the chief economist there at NAM, was saying it's going to be a soft landing. We're going to go down, but it'll be fine. It'll. What's teater. his last name? Like
2: Mutro or something. Yeah, like
0: yeah, Chad? Moutre. Yeah,
2: something like that. Yeah. yeah. So he was saying it's going to be a soft landing from what every perspective. Yeah, yeah. So
0: they always put charts on a lot of different industries and of course like it's down now but that's just kind of on par we're on average like if you took out what happened during covid this is essentially where we would have been anyways okay so you know so there was it's such not like, like a an catastrophic influx. thing like yeah. 2008
2: where the, everything's just nope. in the tubes all at once and everyone's scrambling
0: yeah so he says this is like the new normal of how we're going to have to start looking at things like covid definitely skewed the numbers and skewed the economy and what we did afterwards but he said not to be alarmed, to keep on going. Yeah, it, like
2: skewed it bad. And then, you know, we all got PPP and all that, right? Yeah. We all got our money from it. And then it skewed it really good. because totally. like the demand was pent up. And so now that's what you mean by soft landing. It's just kind of evening out. It's just
0: even, it's plateauing.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So intentionally, what can we do when it sucks, when it's down? We can get
1: out there and sell, like I just mentioned. Yeah.
2: People who aren't in sales roles might have to become in sales roles, especially presidents, leaders of the company.
1: Absolutely. The other thing you can think to yourself is, okay, where's the blood in the water and look for acquisitions? Yeah.
2: So we, we, we just acquired a a small company that's a perfect fit for our business. Yeah. And the integration of this new company into your business is like a lot of work. It's a lot of, Challenge, you know, you got to like bring everything in under one brand and like update your catalogs, update your offering, all that kind of stuff is a lot easier to do when things are slow than when they're extremely booming.
1: Yeah, and I would say right now is not necessarily, I wouldn't say the blood's in the water right now. I think, I, think I that's don't what,
0: know, I feel like it kind of is. You I think am so? telling you that like every day in my inbox, I am seeing a lot of not foreclosures, but you know how like everyone's like, oh, I'm selling this yeah. machine, a lot of repos, a lot of. Businesses going under and they're doing all of the selling.
2: Businesses are for sale. Machines
0: yeah. are discounted. Would whatever. you ever
1: call, like if you knew that the job shop down the street is struggling, would you ever call up a- be like, hey, Nicole Walter here. I own HM Manufacturing down the street. Do you want to sell your company?
2: Yeah, yeah. So is of it course. like passive, where you wait for them to no, or do you, you can't act, wait? You say, hey, what's up? Like, That's
1: like waiting for a customer to call you.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> do <Dude, I totally laughs> Wait, they agree. don't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I totally agree. And I had a challenging conversation with some of the leaders of our company. Like, hey, we got to go find these things. Yeah, no, you don't. Don't beg you to buy their company. No, still. you don't. You got to make it. Where? Him. Yeah, and we did. We just made a great acquisition. I'm super pumped about yeah, it. Yeah, I
1: mean, I've seen competitors of ours. that That They just closed up shop and I'm like, you should have just called me first and I could have made some kind of like asset purchase and we could have rehabilitated what you had and allowed you to retire in with some kind of dignity rather than just off it
0: goes yeah Yeah.
1: like closing up so funny do you
2: remember when we were in downtown Chicago we had Michael Gauntz from Shunk one of his guys with us we were having a drink and I got a phone call and I was like super fired up afterwards and the whole reason was because this company that would have been a perfect target for us to buy got bought and why didn't we go after it right somebody said oh they're never gonna be for sale it's a family business or whatever Yeah, but who
0: makes those decisions like who are you sending out to be like hey who can I buy I think that's all also a very interesting topic too, because we can talk about like, oh, that sucks. I heard about it and I could have bought them. But like, I don't have the time to like even go out there and do it. To
1: do what? To make those phone calls?
2: Yeah. Well, you're kind of selling. It's just like sales. You have to go find the opportunity and get it closed. It's the
1: same thing as a sale. And I think that you say you don't have time, but you make time for the things that are important. So if it's important for you to make acquisitions, you're going to make time to make those phone calls. So even if it's like one call a week, I mean, if you think about it, if you're calling 50 people a year because you're making one call a week, you might hit on one. You know, you know what I mean? That, you be that
2: call, famous person that's... Said, so you make time for the things that you want. Yeah. I don't
0: know. It's it like Gary important.
2: B. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's Drake. Yeah. It's, Is it? Yeah. It might be. We're yeah. doing I thought it was Jay Z. I thought it was a, yeah.
1: one of his raps. I mean, you do. You make time for the things that are important and. If it's important for you to make an acquisition, if that's something that you see as a part of your strategic vision, you're going to make time for those things. And you're going to call, like for you, Nicole, maybe you're going to call people that you do business with. Maybe it's your coder. Maybe it's a shop that does this type of work for you. And you're going to call them up and be like, hey, I understand you guys might not be looking to sell right now, but just to let you know... I'd be interested if you're looking to sell,
2: and we've brought on Mike Payne, who's an expert in this. You yeah, know, he's done so many deals, and one of the things he said in his episode is work your network, just like we do. Yeah, all, yeah we work all your network. But, like you know, yeah. bankers, you know, lawyers, you know, estate planners. Those are often like the first people to know. Yeah, hey, you know, They don't really have anything planned for five years from now, but you don't know when you don't ask. That is you know? so, so true. You do have to like make it a priority. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: and you also have to be in the position to do it right? There's that too. Yeah. Yeah. and You
1: need to have a good bank relationship to finance it.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: When you're working on that bank relationship to finance it, you can ask them if there's something for you to go after. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So we don't really know exactly what's going on with the economy because we're not economists, but we do know that it feels a little slow. It feels soft. It feels
1: soft. And I would say my parting words as it relates to this is don't sit back and wait for it to get better. Make something of what your future looks like.
0: I agree. I think you just have to keep going. Yep. Nick and Jason, I think it's time.
2: Oh, no. It's time
1: we end the show.
0: Yeah. But do you know how to? I do. do. Let's hear it.
1: If you're not making chips, you're not
2: making money. Boom. Bam. <laughs> Nicole, it's bam, not boom. <laughs> Love it.